my name is Martha. And this is Colby on Martha and Colby Grow Up. A podcast where we talk about the things that made us who we are and where we're going in the future. Because every week we're finding a new way that we're growing up. Hi, I'm Martha. And this is Colby on Martha and Colby Grow Up. A podcast where 20-somethings navigate life apart together. I already hit the mic stand. That's how out of practice I am. It's been a couple weeks, but welcome back. It's a new month on the podcast, and we have some breaking news for you. Drum roll, please. I don't know why I'm being so dramatic. Some of you may know this, but we actually only have three episodes left of this podcast before we go on an indefinite hiatus. That is right. We are ending Martha and Colby Grow Up throughout its many iterations with just me and then adding Colby and then going down to once a month. Um, Yeah, we're doing something different. Do you want to talk about briefly why we're taking an indefinite hiatus? No, because I don't really know why we're doing it. Okay, that makes it sound like I'm the one who never wants to do a podcast with Martha again. So I will say this. Um... Uh, around, I, I'd say like March of this year, Martha and I were just talking as, as friends do. Um, and we were talking about Four Nations Report ending. And I don't remember which one of us brought it up. I think it was. I think it was maybe, me. I think, I think it was you, but I yeah. was during that conversation. I was also trying to figure out the best way to bring it up um, that. Maybe it's time just to move on to other projects. Uh, not that we bo- both don't love this podcast. For the past seven months, we've been talking about how much we're going to miss it when we're not doing it anymore. <laughs> um, but sometimes things just run its course. And instead of like forcing ourselves to do something, let's, we're going to take a break. Sounds like we're divorcing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It feels like we're talking to our kids like, I know. listen, like, it's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Mom and dad still love each other. <laughs> yeah, I, I think really to do. add we on are, to that. We are still very good friends. Yes, yes. We're not like, you know, yeah, because I feel like some podcasts end because they break up or whatever. But yeah, we just have other projects in the work that we want to focus on. And honestly, I think you know, this pandemic has been really, really draining. Um, And I think we're just kind of entering a new chapter of life. So you could say we grew up. Oh, your boy's tired. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, Colby called me 30 the other day. So that's how this is going. Um, Colby, Well, that's how I, oh, I was going to ask you how you felt about. I was just going to ask you how you felt about it. Uh, I'll I'll go first. Well, I just said how I felt about it. I feel like it's about time. Um, I'm very sad, and Colby has not mentioned that he's sad yet, but that's okay. He's told me in person that he'll be sad. Uh, I'm sad because it was it's a good time catching up with a friend once a month. that used to be once a week, um, talking about life. I can't life believe and, we used to do this once a week. <laughs> I know. I am like, we can, we're just like stretching ourselves thin for content lately. Um, but yeah, I'm sad. Like, I, I have... Um, I mean, I had my Etsy store for a while. That's probably going to get shut down due to um, Warner Brothers, but we won't talk about that. And so I might do a Grey's Anatomy podcast with a friend. I feel like that's um, could be in the works. So yeah, there's there's other things. This is not the last you'll hear of us. And then 
you know, if there's a topic that we really, really feel like we need to talk about, this feed will be open. You can unsubscribe if you want, but I mean... No, don't do that. Don't unsubscribe. Keep this feed. Yeah, keep, uh, keep just in case feed. we ever watch the like, space. We're calling it indefinite hiatus because we. It's not impossible that we would do this again. Um, but there is no timetable for us to do another podcast after December. Martha, really quick, and we can move on after this. I will tell you why I haven't said that I'm sad yet. Um, I'm sure I will be at some point, but. When I was leaving college, and I was very involved when I was at Carolina, but towards the end, there was just, like, a certain piece about, like, hey, I did a thing, and the thing was really cool, and I'm really glad I did it, and now I'm just kind of ready for something else, and that's how I felt about being an RA. That's how I felt about being in band. That's how I feel about this podcast. It was really awesome. And I'm not going to do my goodbye everything because I'm going to try so hard to make Martha cry in December. It's, um, it's But that's not for now. It's very. It's going to be very easy to do so. But I'm already tearing up a little bit. So, <laughs> <laughs> Which means it's time to move on. Yes, it is. Let's move on. We will come back to this next month and, and definitely in December, too, and, and go throughout, you know, the, the life of the podcast. But we're going to make Steven put together a clip show. Do you think he actually would? I feel like I would love that, but I feel like that's so much work for him. I don't know. Maybe he would. No, we're not going to. That was a, a Steven. That was a joke. <laughs> I'm not gonna, we're not going to ask you to put together a clip show. That would be if so If you mean. wanted to, I would pay extra. But anyways, on to a lighter note. Let's talk about the question of the week of the month. Colby, what is a hobby you wish you could pick up? If money was no object, if time was no object, what do you really want to do? So when I was a kid, the answer would have been collecting things. Uh, but because of my, you know, uh, ADHD brain, uh, I would start collecting three things and get distracted by another thing that I would want to collect. Um, so it's no longer that because I realized that I am just not the person for that. Honestly, and this might be a cop-out answer, what I really want to do is get back into music. And I've talked about this, at least in a in the group chat I have with Martha and our guest for this episode, who um, is waiting very patiently for us to talk to her. Um, but yeah, I, I very much would like to get back into like playing music. Because it's fun and relaxing for me. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I remember you would, you used to do that like before we started podcasting yeah like you'd pull out your um, piano and just uh go for it and now i can't sing anymore which sucks so. i never could <laughs> i don't feel too bad I, but by the end of that year where i was like dedicated to like <laughs> voice rehab um i got really good and now i i can't sing anymore so i did just see a tiktok the other day about a, a vocal uh performer a singer whatever you want to call it use like a vibrator to loosen up her vocal cords or something and i was like oh that's kind of cool like i bet it's really useful but um if i could i'm pick not up sure about the physiology of that but go off <laughs> i'll send you the tiktok um i would love to pick up glass blowing i was looking into classes and it's i feel like it's just a little bit too cost prohibitive I went to Seattle earlier this summer to visit a friend of the pod, Lily. She's been on a couple times. And we went to the Cholule Art Glass Art Museum. And it's so 
cool. There's so many beautiful glass structures and sculptures. I would love to learn how to do that. I don't expect I'd be any good whatsoever, but I don't know. It'd be pretty awesome to learn something, but I want to travel. So it's like, do I glass blow or do I travel? Um, haven't figured that out yet. Okay, we have a special guest this week. And before we introduce her, what's, you know, the hobby you want to pick up? Uh, yeah, so I feel like I should probably be banned from taking on any new hobbies at this point uh, because I have a essentially a graveyard of hobbies that I have taken up and then abandoned. But as you guys were talking, it kind of reminded me that I was thinking about doing uh, a jewelry making like metalwork type class uh, before the pandemic. And then everything got shut down uh, and I have not gone back to check on that or see what's available. Uh, we went to like a local maker space um, that did classes in like welding and stuff. That's cool. Welding seems cool. But yes, thank you, special guest. And her name is Rochelle. Uh, Rochelle is a friend of the pod and she was a professional wedding photographer once upon a time. And so this month, as you perhaps can guess, we are talking about weddings and I'm very excited. I've wanted to do this topic for two years and Colby always said no, but I finally got my way. You did? Yeah. I've wanted to do this since you came on the pod and you're like, no. Oh. Well, I want to do it now. <laughs> I honestly didn't, didn't remember zero of these conversations, but I believe you. I don't know why you would lie about that. So, <laughs> uh, Do you want to start it off, Colby? Yeah, I'm married now. That's why I wasn't here last week. Um, congratulations. I had, uh, Yay, congratulations. Ding dong. My, my mom texted me um, a couple days ago. Um, it was like, happy one month anniversary. And I oh. literally did not realize it had been a month. Um, and I, I looked at my partner. I was like, hey, it's been a, it's been a month. And she looked at the calendar. And she was like, oh, cool. And then we went back to whatever <laughs> we were doing. Um, I feel like you've been together for so long that a month is like, okay. Like, you know, hit me when yeah, it becomes like 10 years. It, it's just another month. But yeah, I, I had a wedding and it was really cool. And I got a lot of compliments about how it went. So it made me feel good, you know. Yeah, I, I watched it on the live stream. It was awesome. Oh, thank you for watching. Um, how do we feel about weddings as a practice? Generally. I ask you this because I know specifically Martha has has wedding thoughts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I'm holding off until she, Rochelle goes. <laughs> but yeah, I would say maybe Rochelle should go first. <laughs> um, I do have many, many wedding thoughts. So I am also a married person. Uh, and I did not want to have a wedding. I wanted to elope. Um, when we got engaged, I hated weddings. I uh, hadn't been to too many as an adult, but I kind of had that idea of a movie wedding or a TV wedding, uh, you know, which are always full of a lot of drama because got to move the plot along. And so I just really wasn't interested in doing any of that. Um, but my husband really wanted to have a wedding. So we kind of compromised and had a small wedding and it was really, really fun. I had a great time. Um, I met a lot of cool people through our wedding vendors, like our wedding photographer. I became friends with her and I'm still friends with her now. Um, so it was just a really good experience overall. Uh, and it kind of changed my perspective on what weddings are for and why we have them and how they work for couples today who maybe aren't interested in 
doing a lot of traditional things. They're not marking a change in their relationship the same way that people used to when they got married. Um, a lot of couples live together. They've been together for a really long time. Um, so it was just kind of a good reframing for me. And then when I became a wedding photographer, uh, working on weddings, I mean, I just completely fell in love with being at weddings. Uh, it was, people would always ask me if it was hard dealing with, um, again, the drama, the kind of the idea that we have, I think from pop culture or maybe from personal experiences of being in, in weddings or attending weddings, um, that they're stressful, they're dramatic, cost a lot of money. Um, there are a lot of downsides to them, uh, in a lot of people's minds, but to me, it's like, you are there on someone's this, this day with their partner who they love that they're looking forward to, that they're excited about with all of their friends and family who are also really excited for them and really happy for them. And, you know, it's usually just good vibes, I guess. Um, you know, so that really changed my, my perspective on it from being this thing that I always kind of saw as like big obligation, you know, like I said, stressful, dramatic, uh, to being something that could be really fun and really personal and didn't necessarily have to be super traditional or follow specific rules. If those were not things that the people involved wanted to do. Um, that's also, much newer trend. I would say I've been married for 10 years when I got married. Uh, I was still, there was still a lot out there. Um, pressure to have a traditional wedding or do certain things. It was really abnormal for people to do stuff kind of outside of the box. Uh, very grateful for the fact that it seems like most couples now feel a lot more comfortable making it their own, doing the things that they want to do, saying no to stuff that they don't want to do. Um, and that makes a huge difference. I do have a lot of thoughts. I'm unmarried, currently single. Let me know if you'd like to date. Just kidding. No, um, no. She's not doing that right now. Um, but I have been a bridesmaid. I feel like your dad saying that. <laughs> like I have any say or do or for what you do in your life. Can I speak? No. Go ahead. What's the point of this podcast then? Um, so I've been a bridesmaid a couple of times. Two. Wow, I feel like it's been more than that, but no, just two. Um, and I like being a bridesmaid. I think it's fun to stand up there. I love getting my makeup done. I love getting my hair done and looking pretty. The issue that I struggle with is not having my own opinions like seep into the wedding. Like, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have had that floral arrangement or like, oh, you know, your food was shitty. Um, and I kind of do this as a guest, too. But as a bridesmaid, you do have to be positive, like, all the time. Um, and sometimes I find that hard when I, like, didn't agree with the opinions that, you know, they had. A lot of the times I did, though, and, like, I want, I, if I don't think the two people that I was bridesmaids for their wedding listened to this podcast, but it was like very, very few opinions. And most, most of them I did agree, but there was a couple of ones that I was like, well, I probably would have done things a little bit differently if it was me. Um, and I think, you know, Rochelle, I'm sure you've had that experience too. The more you, um, you know, the more you photo photographed weddings and the more weddings you go to. And, and Colby, I know you haven't been to too many, but I feel like, and you already had your wedding, but I feel like you do sort of 
develop an opinion on how you want things to go. And sometimes for me, it's hard to shut that off. I think um, is a diplomatic way of saying what I would like to say. So it was certainly difficult for me the times that I was a bridesmaid after becoming a wedding photographer because I would want to take over everything and be like, I know how to plan this timeline. I know how to pick out your vendors. I know what you should spend time on and what you shouldn't. Um, And, you know, my friends and my sister, who I was a bridesmaid for, um, wanted those opinions from me. But at a certain point, uh, you know, you have to turn off. It's not your wedding. (laughs) So you have to turn off those opinions and make space for the other person. And it can be um, really hard to do that. It's so hard because I feel like I have a strong personality. I'm always right. I'm not always right. But I like to think I'm always right. I like to think I'm better than people, even though I know I'm not Um, sometimes. But I don't know. For the most part, like, I do really enjoy weddings. I used to be a huge cynic for a long time. My parents got divorced. And I was like, never going to find love. Never going to do this. Going to be single forever. Going to be 40 and be a cat lady. With nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being 40 and being a cat lady. But I thought it was like, like, I was doomed to do that. But now I'm like, okay, I would love to get married. It is so hard today that I don't think I'm going to get married for a while. But I would love it if and when it happens. Um... I, I feel like I still have a lot of feelings to unpack around weddings in general and, and the money behind it and the family drama. But, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Rochelle, I really like what you said about weddings being what, like, the couple makes them, especially in 2021. You can really do, like, whatever you want. <laughs> like, you're, like, you don't have to, if there's something about a the traditional wedding that you don't like, you can just not do it. And that's fine. Like if you're the couple, like it's your day, just do whatever you want to do. Like we did not do a bouquet toss. We did not do the garter thing. Cause it's weird. Um, you're not going to watch me put my, we did not do either of those either because I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> It's so weird. You're not going to watch me go up my partner's dress and like undress. No, it's very strange. I'm uncomfortable even thinking about that. <laughs> no, not in front of my aunts and uncles. It's another weird. another part of that, uh, a thing that we took into consideration was, like I said, we had a really small wedding and we did not have a lot of single people at our wedding. And I felt it was going to put a very unfair spotlight onto mm. our friends and relatives who were single and maybe would not want to participate in um, a bouquet toss or a garter toss. Um, you know, some people find that, that really fun. Some people uh, do not find it fun to have that, uh, like I said, put them in the spotlight in front of a bunch of people about the fact that they are not married. Um, so... Yes, I think I would we plan to do <laughs> we plan to do a bouquet giveaway. Um so like to the like the couple who had been married or been together for longest. Um I think we just forgot. Um <laughs> so yeah. That's also a thing that happens on your wedding day. You just kind of forget about stuff and it's fine. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. This is a nihilist view of a of a wedding. <laughs> Um, I will say that I I think the most fun I've had at weddings 
you know, I don't like to go to them alone. I will say, like, I would say, oh, yeah, it's a great time, you know, being at the single people's table. It's not. Like, it's, sometimes it's awkward. Sometimes, like, you, you know, I just went to a wedding for a friend I met studying abroad, and I, like, barely knew anyone there. And I ended up talking to, like, one of the bridesmaids' partners the whole night. Um, and then I think I left early, which is fine. But... I, I think the the funnest way to attend to me, and I think, Colby, this gets into your next question on the outline, is with, like, friends. Like, at least have one other friend. If you get a plus one, I you know, it's going to be my goal if I'm not dating someone to bring a friend with me. I know that's probably weird and maybe taboo, but I would love to have a friend that I can just hang out with throughout the night instead of just being, like, the one person that people vaguely know or, like, they vaguely recall from somewhere um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think for me, I gotta have a friend there or I gotta be in the bridal party with friends or I don't know. I gotta, like, I don't find going to weddings alone the most fun. I, I don't know if you know, but that's a very controversial, uh, opinion Is in it? the wedding world. Well, no, not, not bringing a friend. Well, I agree with you completely. Uh, and that was why it was really important to us that we gave a plus one to everybody at our wedding, but, uh, it's a, it's a very controversial topic in the wedding planning world of whether you should give a plus one to people if they're not engaged or married or living with someone, if you should allow people to bring a date to your wedding or even more than that, to bring somebody that they're not even dating and to just bring a friend. Um, I'm very pro doing that, but it's I very controversial. Yet, but I feel like it's coming like I, I feel like the next wedding i get invited to if it's not like a family wedding i feel like i'm gonna bring a friend i don't know like what's the yeah. worst that could happen we had people bring friends to our wedding um and like i said it was really important to me because i felt like people would have more fun if they felt comfortable and sometimes i don't enjoy going to things by myself so i wanted to make sure that everybody could bring somebody with them to be more comfortable and that could be whoever they wanted but we, weddings are the also expensive vast majority Super expensive. We could talk about that next. But <laughs> the vast majority of the people that we invite to our wedding, like of our third, maybe how many tables do we have? Like 15 tables. Um, 12 of them are family. <laughs> so, yeah, we that wasn't really an issue that we thought about because we were like, even if this person's not married, like they're cousins and aunts and uncles everywhere like you can find someone to talk to um and our friends were all friends that kind of knew each other basically so we just we just really didn't think about that maybe we should have looking back i don't know i think it was fine <laughs> too late now <laughs> i mean that's but the yeah, thing weddings with weddings too <laughs> is that like you can't you can come up with as many rules about how you should do things as you want but it's really dependent on your family, your friend group, how many people are coming? What is the vibe that you're bringing to your wedding? Uh, it's it's really hard to have too many rules that are kind of applicable to everyone's wedding in every situation because everybody's situation is really different. For real. Uh, Rochelle, you said that uh, you always have, or not always, but oftentimes when you are in wedding parties for people after you became a photographer, you had thoughts <laughs> that you wanted to get out. Do you recall any of those thoughts right now that would that you might be able to generalize for 
an audience. Colby's trying to stir up some drama. No, I'm not trying to stir up some drama. I'm trying to help people avoid getting jobbed during their wedding planning. <laughs> um, yeah. So for the most part, um, it was always a lot of things, I think, around the timeline and around uh, being present for your wedding day. As we were talking about weddings being really expensive, some people really try to DIY a lot of things or have their family and friends DIY a lot of things on the day, which is totally fine and, and understandable. Um, it's just also good to keep in mind how much stress that's putting on people in the wedding party or your family, um, how much stress it's putting on you who is going to remember to do everything on this list of complicated things that's supposed to be happening at the same time. And so just trying to balance that kind of stuff happening with being present on the day and also how picky you are maybe about some of those things. Maybe some of those things absolutely have to be executed a certain way or done a certain way. And so maybe putting your 13 year old cousin who isn't doing anything in charge of that is not your best game plan for making sure it actually happens. It might be better to have your super type A college, old college roommate uh, who maybe doesn't know as many people at the wedding and so is going to be a little more freed up to do that. Um, or maybe hiring a person, a day of planner to be there on the day to do that stuff or, you know, just things like that. Um, that's Sorry. funny. Just thinking about what we uh, we assigned the thirteen year old cousin to do at her wedding. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about cost a little bit, and then I want to get into maybe like not necessarily a definitive list, but some tips that may make wedding planning easier, um, or anything that you could think of, Rochelle and Colby, from your experience too. Now that you've gone through it. Um, so cost, I roughly know that weddings are expensive. I have not had to pay for a wedding. Um, and it's funny because my parents will bring up their wedding and be like, oh, like we got married, you know, we couldn't afford anything. So we got married in this like church and then this random restaurant. I was like, okay, okay like that's great. But I just know that I feel like the more or the less you DIY rather and the more you know, things you want, the cost can just go up astronomically and, and like exponentially, really, you know, oh, instead of, you know, the, the three and a half star DJ, you want the four star DJ. Well, that adds like $2,000 or something. Um, so I guess in that line of thought, Colby, what's something that you spent a lot of money on that was worth it? And what was something maybe that wasn't worth it? And then same for you, Rochelle, like, is there anything that you've saw people spend money on? You're like, why did you do that? You didn't need to have doves released at the ceremony. <laughs> I'm probably not the best person to ask this question just because we got really lucky. Uh, we booked our venue at a time where they were like begging anyone to, to book uh to book the space so we got a gigantic discount on our venue um so my advice is to pick your <laughs> pick your wedding venue in the middle of a pandemic uh and try to plan it <laughs> when it starts hopefully getting better and then you find out it actually wasn't um but we like uh, we were also we wanted to do a brunch wedding. So the food that we wanted wasn't 
that expensive. We aren't cake people. So instead of getting like a big expensive wedding cake, we just got like a bunch of donuts for a little over a hundred dollars. Like just the the choices that we had just so happened to make it a little bit uh cheaper. Oh, here's what it is. Here's what you don't skip out on. A photographer and a videographer. Uh that's what you should spend money on. Because those are the things that you're going to be like looking back on forever. Um and our photographer took a lot of pictures, um, even though we asked her not to, but she took so many, but they're good pictures. And uh, I mean, y'all have seen the video um, that our videographer, the teaser that the videographer put out, and it's so great. Um, those are the two things you shouldn't, you should splurge on, in my opinion. Yeah, to follow up on that too, uh, it's very important to remember that your photographer and videographer if you have them, are going to be the people that you see the absolute most on your wedding day, possibly more than mm -hmm. you see your new spouse, because they're there with you, usually from the beginning of the day to the end of the day, or, you know, whatever coverage you have most of the day. Especially women in uh, heteronormative weddings. Yes, yes, exactly. And so it's very important that you like their style, that you trust them, because you only get one wedding day. So if you're a uh, photographer messes up something, loses your photos, breaks their camera, gets their camera stolen mm. in their car because they stopped to get food on the way back from the venue. All kinds of things that can happen. Are you speaking from experience? That sounds terrifying. <laughs> Not my personal experience. I was always very responsible, but you hear so many horror stories from other people. So there's, you know, the actual photos. You have to like the style, like their approach. Uh, you have to like their personality because they're going to be with you all the time for the whole day. They're going to be bringing their own vibe to your day. And so you have to get along with them and like like them. And then, like I said, the the responsible element where you're entrusting this person to be there, have their equipment, know how to use it. Uh, not, not like I said, not lose any of your photos, um, deliver everything to you Um as promised in your contract, et cetera. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it can go wrong so easily. I think uh, something I used to talk to my clients about a lot, uh, people who were trying to decide whether or not to hire me, is that almost all of your other choices when your wedding day is over, you will know if they went well or not. But you won't know if the photos and the video went well until later. Um, and so that is a lot of pressure um, on those vendors to really deliver you something great. And it's also something that if it's messed up, there is nothing that you can do. You know, it's too late. There's nothing when, uh, stories would come up of people who had, had lost photos or lost, you know, part of a day, part of the coverage. Um, and they were trying to figure out, you know, what to do about it to the client. It's like, you can offer them money, you know, you can do different things, but ultimately at the end of the day, there is literally nothing that you can do for the photos that you didn't get or the photos that you lost, um, it's, it's just gone. And so it's a lot of pressure. Uh, stresses me out. <laughs> yeah. It's look, I took, I took being a wedding photographer very, very seriously. Um, there was a client. So after I moved to California, I still had a few clients in the following year that were in Texas. And so I flew back for their weddings and I, Myself and my toddler got on a plane and flew into a hurricane to photograph a wedding that started the night that Hurricane Harvey hit land in Houston. 
And then I was flooded in at my in-laws for an entire week during Hurricane Harvey. And just as the floodwaters were starting to recede, I got in my car and I drove to Austin and I photographed another wedding in Austin. Um, So, but it's, you know, it's like I said, that's, it's people's one day. Yeah. So you have to be there. Totally. I think, um, yeah, I think there's just so many moving parts. I can definitely see how having a day of coordinator or, or even a wedding planner too. It really. helps that day of coordinate. I don't yeah. know how we would have done it without our day of coordinator. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should like side hustle weddings. Ah, that's too much work. But um, what is like a a horror story? Maybe not one that is about yourself, but like one that you've heard of or experienced. Because I, I feel like I had a really good one and then I kind of forgot as we were talking. But... Um, I've been told I can't talk about ours on the air, so I have well, to color me intrigued. Um, I, can, I hope I can you, talk y- about y'all, one. Y'all both know about it. So. <laughs> Do I? What is it? Yes, we'll talk about it. Okay, off can air. You, yeah, remind me because I don't remember. Oh, I know, I remember. Okay, I have one I can talk about from my wedding. Go for it. We decided to do a first look, and since I had wanted to elope, we decided that we were going to read each other. We were going to write each other personal vows that we were going to read during the first look because we didn't want to say them in front of everyone. We wanted to have things that we said that were just for us. So we did our first look, and we wrote these letters that we read to each other. And I was just like crying everywhere. And I really wanted to be present and be in the moment and not worry about crying. So I didn't really worry about the fact that I was crying everywhere. Uh, So we ended the first look and we go back, um, back to where we had been getting ready to kind of hang out until the wedding was going to start. And my makeup was just completely trashed. Um, the, The makeup artist did not tell me I got the airbrush makeup, which was not as common then as it is now. And I had never had it before. And she did not tell me that you're not supposed to let it get wet. So I had lines down my face where all of the tears had run and there was just no makeup. It was just my bare skin everywhere that the tears had gone. And the makeup artist was supposed to stay until the ceremony started and she did not. She had left. And so I was just freaking out. We had not taken any, we were supposed to do all these couple photos together before the ceremony. We had not taken any posed photos. We had only done the first look. Um, So thankfully I was in theater in high school and in college and a couple of my bridesmaids also were. So we were like, let's bust out all the makeup that we have. That's ours. I had, you know, um, I had my one friend who was really um, type A and assertive, um, was on the phone with the lady that owned, not my makeup artist, but the lady that owned the makeup artist company. And she was like yelling instructions at me. She's saying, get a Q-tip. And if you roll the Q-tip across your face, you can kind of spread the makeup across the area. So we're all, we're all trying to fix it. And, um, and my photographer, like I said, who is a, as a friend of mine now and was so great. Um, it was one of her first weddings, not her very first, but she was still pretty new then. Um, I look back and I'm like, wow, she really just like held it together. She must've been freaking out inside the whole time. She's like, you look great. I can't even tell. Look, I'm taking the picture. Look at the camera. Like you can't tell on camera. It looks great. Um, so they were all just really like hyping me up that everything was fine. Um, so we went, we did the ceremony in that time. Uh, my friend 
had gotten the owner of the makeup place. Uh, she came. She did not send back the person who had left. She came herself and she fi- professionally fixed my makeup and made sure I looked really great and made sure that I was happy with everything. So in the end, it was all fine. It Ultimately, it worked out okay. But at the time, I was very unhappy about everything that was going on. That is a crazy story. Like, oh my gosh, that I'm glad it all worked out. And I'm glad you can like talk about it and laugh about it now. But I feel like if that had happened to me, I would have been livid. Like I would not, I would have just like not been able to do anything. Well, there definitely is a photo of me drinking champagne straight out of the bottle that happened shortly after all of this. So uh, I, there was, there was some assistance in feeling better about it and getting over, getting over it. Let's go back for a moment and talk about traditions. How do you both feel about bachelor parties and bachelorette parties? Or any like pre-wedding, like wedding shower? How do you guys feel about those? So we did a combined bachelor bachelorette party um, because we all have this same, like we're just, it's the same friend group. (laughs) Um, We were the couple that made it. So we all just kind of, uh, we all did it together, which was really fun. Um, I don't know if I would do it like that again, if I were to do it again, just because it was a lot of people <laughs> um, and just hanging out with like five or six people uh, just would have made like logistics easier. But like I had a really good time with all of them. That's good. So for my bachelorette party, I did not want to do any of the, I guess, sort of traditional bachelorette party things it was not appealing to me. So what we did is we got a hotel room and we rented out a karaoke room just for nice. us. And we did karaoke and we got food delivered to the karaoke room, which was amazing. And then after karaoke, we went and did Rocky Horror, which was really fun. And it was actually um, Rocky Horror Prom because I think it was in May. And so they put me up to be in the contest. So I was the runner-up prom queen at Rocky Horror for my bachelorette party. Um, And that was pretty much it. And then we went back to the hotel room and... Ate food, passed out. So it was very low key. I had, I think, five five people there. And I had done my shower earlier that day and I excused all of my bridesmaids from having to come to the shower. It was just family mostly because I felt like that was a lot to ask people to do in one one day. Very nice. It definitely is. I mean, we talked about cost earlier, but it's also a financial burden sometimes for bridesmaids. Like, for example, the wedding I was in recently. And Groovesman. Less so. Less so. You guys don't have to pay to get your hair and makeup done. This is true. But this suit I just got was, whoo, David's not going to listen to this. That was an expensive ass suit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, being a bridesmaid, it's fun. I love supporting my friends. But for the wedding I was just in, you know, this was supposed to happen in 2020 and it didn't. And so I had bought my dress in 2019 and... It just, by the time the wedding rolled around, it just didn't fit anymore. Like, you know, two years ago, my, I don't know, my body changes frequently, you know, you gain pandemic weight, whatever, whatever. Um, So I had to get that retailored after I'd already gotten it tailored the first time. And then, um, you know, the hair and the makeup and the hotel and the gifts, it's just, it's so much. And like, 
I feel like if I ever get married and I am financially able to do so, I definitely plan to pay <clears throat> for like a lot of my bridesmaids like stuff. Like, I don't know, for me, it just I've been in that position where it's kind of, you know, kind of a financial strain and I don't want to put anyone in that position. So if I'm able to like pay for a hotel or, you know, help out with dresses, I I like personally, I would just like to do that. I know it's like probably going to be an extra, however many thousand dollars, but I think that's just, I don't know. seems like something that I want to do. Yeah. There are other things that you can do as well um, that can lower costs without shifting them onto you as the couple. Um, like a lot of people now will do mismatched bridesmaid or bride's people outfits. Um, and so then that can allow people to pick things that are within their budget without having to get things at a specific store or to buy something off the rack that they don't have to get altered. Um, I'm trying to think of other examples, but like there are things out there. Yeah. I know I've been really fortunate that um, the people that I have been a bridesmaid in their weddings were very conscious of that. I think because all of them have been bridesmaids many times in other people's weddings, uh, which is can be for some people a good way to learn how expensive it is on that side of it is if they've done it. And so, um, yeah, I think everybody sort of tried to rotate between things like maybe you can pick your own outfit or maybe they're going to cover the hair and makeup you know, not everything, but like they try to pick mm -hmm. one or two things that they can try to help out with. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I have um, a like my number one wedding planning tip that I can tell you guys. Go for it. Yeah. So my number one wedding planning tip is that before you start planning anything, you as the engaged couple should sit down and figure out what your top three most important things are for your wedding. Figure out first, each of you. And then talk together and get it whittled down and combined into a joint, your top three things. So that could be, I mean, it could be big things like the venue being a certain venue or having, um, having a full dinner. Um, some people, I've had friends that they really cared about having a served dinner. They didn't want to have like a buffet or something like that. That's all fine. Some people care a lot about their dress or they care about the honeymoon being amazing. So if you figure out what are the top most top three most important things to you guys as a couple, that is where you can put your time, money, energy, pickiness, anything that's not one of those things. Whenever you're starting to struggle about, is this the right vendor? Is this the right thing? Is this worth the money? Should we do this? You can come back to that idea that like we decided that this was not one of our top priorities. So if it's good enough, if it's in our budget, maybe that should just be good enough. Um, and I think that that really helps people keep a perspective because most people cannot afford to have everything be the best possible thing that they want to have um, because it gets out of control expensive really quickly. That can be a way that you can really stay focused on the things that are the most important to you. I would also say to add to that, make sure that this is what you want because I feel like I and that sounds like very dramatic but I had some friends that you know didn't sit down to do couples counseling or and you know maybe that's a bit old-fashioned of me but I really think that before you get married you should like sit down and talk about what that means because it can be fun to get engaged and pick out a ring and everything but if you're like you know 10 years down 
the line when, you know, things aren't going great. What do you do? Like, do you stay together? I think that's really important. And I just like therapy anyways. Can I talk about that real quick? Yeah, go for it. I was surprised by the amount of people who don't talk about kids before they get married. Like, where they want to live. What happens if somebody wants to get a job in somewhere that's not the place where they're planning on living in the near future? Like... I have the biggest cosign on like premarital counseling. It went pretty smoothly for us because we had talked about like everything beforehand, but you need to talk about these things before you like sign the document that lets the government know that you two are together forever. I have two thoughts about that. Uh, One is that we did not do actual counseling, but I had a book that was like a thousand questions to ask before you get married. And Mm. so at night when we were just kind of like hanging out, we would just go through, uh, and it was divided up, I think into sections. So it was like family, kids, um, how, where you live, probably just different things. And so we kind of, we didn't do all the questions, but we jumped around through them and yeah, it brought up, um, some things that we thought we were on the same page about that we weren't. And it wasn't a big deal, but it was very important that we talked about those things. Like I still think back I've been married 10 years. I still think back to some of the things that we talked about um, when we were doing that book together. Yeah. And I had another thought that now I forgot. Oh, no, my yeah for you off. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, in, in conclusion, talk about wanting to have kids. Talk about, you know, money. Talk about yeah. family. Oh, my thought was uh, that, so it was very important to me to get married for the legal reasons, like that you're partner becomes your next of kin if you are injured um, or something like that. And also it was important to me to understand the divorce laws in the state that we lived in and understand financially what would happen to both of us if we got divorced and make sure that we were both okay with that and look into, in our case we were, but look into do we need a prenuptial agreement? Are there things that we should talk about legally so that if we get divorced, um, what happens? And I think a lot of people really overlook that you're entering into a legal contract with another person. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that talking about what may happen if you get divorced when you are very in love and about to get married, I think is very romantic. Don't wait until maybe down the line you hate each other. That's not a good time to talk about it. That's not going to work out well for anybody. So I think it's important to remember that. And that is another thing that I would really encourage people to think about um, if they're engaged is to think about some worst case scenarios with that stuff and make sure that you guys are on the same page about it and that you are fully aware of the legalities of what you are about to do. Even before you get engaged, like if you're about to move in with your partner, talk about what happens if you break up, what happens to the apartment, the house, like what, like that sort of stuff. People don't like talking about, I mean, I didn't enjoy the conversation when I was having it uh, with my partner, but it's important to, to do that. Um, But like that, like the book of things um, that the talk about. Uh, some of my favorite conversations, like leading up to the wedding, were when Carla and I would um, go on our walks, and I would just like pull up a list of questions, and we would just like walk around our little neighborhood and talk about it. It was it's it's fun. It's cute. It was cute. You guys are cute. 
I just look forward to the day when I can not list my dad as my emergency contact. That's really what I'm looking forward to about getting married. Love you, dad. Except he told me I had too many candles, so we're not on good terms right now. But that's a story for another time. Are there any final thoughts before we sort of wrap up? I feel like we got a lot of good nuggets of information in here. Anything from, you know, the top wedding planning tips, uh, what you should spend money on, what you should, you know, focus on in your relationship before you get married. Any final thoughts from you, Rochelle, or you, Colby? Um, Yeah. So the thing I've been thinking about a lot with the pandemic is that uh, people seem really interested in rituals and things that help us mark time or mark changes since we've been missing out on a lot of that uh, the last however long, (laughs) almost two years. And I think that that's something that I've really come around on with weddings. Um, a, A lot of people now are not religious. Maybe they see weddings kind of through that lens. Uh, Some people don't care about the legality aspect of it, so they don't really see a reason to get married for those reasons, all of which is fine. But I think that weddings um, present a really important cultural ritual moment. And now that so many people are able to do it the way that they want, it doesn't have to be a religious ceremony. It doesn't have to be any certain way. You can kind of do it how you want. Um, I think that It's just something that I see a lot of people my age, even younger people, um, feel is missing from their lives these days is that we don't have a lot of cultural ritual things that we do anymore. And so I think that it can just be really important from, from that standpoint to have a thing where your family and friends are all together and they're happy and they're celebrating something. Uh, We just don't have a lot of opportunities to do things like that anymore. And so I think that part of it is just really special um, in a way that, well, weddings tend to be seen as very uh, feminine women's area. So, of course, it's like not respected and gets made fun of a lot or uh, the importance of it is very downplayed. But I do think that they can serve as a really important cultural ritual thing for people, um, as part of life, getting older. That is something I've honestly never thought about. And I liked everything you just said. I feel like you're totally right, especially with the pandemic, maybe losing, you know, touch with some friends, losing the ability to connect over simple things like drinks or dinner. You know, it's slowly coming back, but it's still not, you know, super safe to do all that. It's not, you know, we can take as many precautions as we want, but there's still you know, risks to that. So I really like that idea of ritual and, you know, going forward, like what's something you can do to like celebrate that and celebrate your relationship. That's interesting. I'm going to think about that for a while. (laughs) Colby, any final thoughts? Do you. Make it yours. Screw everybody else. That's honestly the best advice I got when I was going through that entire process. Just make it yours and you'll be happy. Wear the dress of your dreams. Get a full orchestra if you wish. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. And can I add, that's that is that's my big experience, um, like my big takeaway as a wedding photographer, what I've seen watching so many other people's weddings is that it does not matter. Um, some of the things that we listed, like bouquet garter toss wasn't for me. 
I have photographed people's weddings where they did a bouquet and garter toss and they were so excited to do it. And their friends were so into it and they had so much fun. And like the joy from that was infectious and everyone was into it and everyone was having so much fun because the couple was into it and they were excited. Their friends and family were excited. And so that's really what it's about. If you pick things that are right for you and things that you're excited about, it will make your wedding awesome and people will be excited to be there. When you are doing things that are not you, that you think are kind of stupid or that you wish you hadn't spent money on, people pick up on that too And it makes your wedding less fun and less enjoyable, both for you and for everybody else. The best comment I got about my wedding is it felt so much like you two. And yeah, it made Mm, me happy. That's sweet. Um, Well, I know if I ever get proposed to or or engaged, I guess Rochelle will be my first call because this has been a wealth (laughs) of knowledge. Um, And I know you're really passionate about weddings and and have a lot of experience. So we appreciate you having on the podcast. Um, I feel like I could talk for a long time, but A, my voice is going and B, I have to wake up early and it's late for Colby. I was about to say, you have to wake up early. I got to go to the office tomorrow. I'm working out at seven tomorrow. It's a big life change for me. 7 a.m. Never have I ever done that before. Good Anyways, luck, Martha. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Martha and Colby Grow Up. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Real Martha Riley. Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains. It might be uh, private right now. I'll accept you probably. <laughs> Has anyone ever followed us from the podcast? Honestly, <laughs> we're on, not going to start now. Instagram, and y'all won't follow me on Twitter. It's like, why are you following me on Instagram where I'm never <laughs> there? <laughs> I'm, I'm much more fun on Twitter. Um, Rochelle, would you like to be found? <laughs> Actually, no. Uh, to to kind of tie it all up at the end, when I retired from wedding photography, I quit Facebook and moved away from having any of my social media stuff uh, needing to be a public thing for public consumption. So I am found nowhere. Except for here on this podcast right now. And again, thank you so much. We are ending this podcast. There are two episodes left. Uh, don't know what they're going to be about. But they're going to be awesome. They're going to be awesome. Join us for a party. Maybe we'll do a, we'll, we'll attempt a live podcast episode again. Uh, again, thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Find us online at www.MarthaAndColby or on Twitter and Instagram at MarthaAndColby. Thanks to Stephen Boyd and DJ Empirical for all things sound. Thanks to Jordan from Dreamful Podcast for the artwork. Shout out to Irene, even though you don't listen to this podcast. Don't forget to rate us five stars and subscribe on Apple Podcast and we'll talk soon.
Do I turn my recording off now?